And then the other thing that keeps people from self-publishing, I think, other than the stigma that self-publishing is kind of this B-level option, is just simply not knowing what to do next, which is a fair complaint. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. Hi, writers. On today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I wanted to answer one of the most important questions that you can ask yourself as an author. That question is, should I self-publish or traditionally publish? Maybe you're listening and you're asking yourself this exact question. It's an incredibly important question. And I know from experience that it can feel a little bit mysterious, like you don't have all the information or all the details about which is better, what are the perks of what. And what I wanted to do on today's episode is really just demystify this for you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lay it out start to finish. I'm going to talk to you about the process of self-publishing versus traditional publishing. I'll talk to you about what happens leading up to publication. I'll talk to you about what happens after publication. And I'll lay out really clearly some of the benefits and drawbacks of both because the fact of the matter is both have benefits and drawbacks and one option might be right for you and not right for you in another season. One option is great for one author and not good for another author. So I want you to have all the information. I want you to have all the facts to be able to make an informed decision and I hope today's episode can help you do that. So without any further ado, let's jump right in. Self-publishing versus traditional publishing. This can feel like one of those rivalries in the publishing world that doesn't need to be a rivalry. In fact, I remind myself all the time what an amazing thing it is that we live in the 21st century in a world where we have access to multiple different types of publishing and actually self-publishing and traditional publishing are not the only two kinds we have access to anymore. We also have this kind of third tier option called hybrid publishing. And I think as the industry evolves, you're going to see more and more options present themselves. This is a beautiful thing for authors. And I want you to remind yourself of this too. If you get yourself in the mindset where you start to think traditional publishing is the best way and self-publishing is kind of the, the B level or the JV way to get a book published, I just want you to remind yourself that there are plenty of people in the world who wouldn't benefit from a traditional publishing contract or maybe wouldn't have access to a traditional publishing contract, but whose ideas and stories and thoughts need to live and breathe in the world. And so thank goodness we live in a world where we have lots of different ways that we can get our ideas out there. What I want to do today is debunk the myths around self-publishing and traditional publishing, specifically this myth that self-publishing is this kind of B-level option. And I want to just walk you through what it looks like to publish a book if you're self-publishing versus if you're traditionally publishing, and then what it looks like after the book is published. And to talk about some of the pros and cons to each, because there are pros and cons to each. So let's start just by laying out what it looks like leading up to the publication process, self-publishing versus traditional publishing. Now, both self-publishing and traditional publishing are going to start with 
the pretty much the same thing. They're going to start with an idea for a book. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're a person who has an idea for a book. You're not even sure if it's any good. <laughs> that's one thing authors say to me a lot. I don't know if my idea is any good, but I've got an idea for a book and you're wondering what you should do next with it. Now, in our program called Prepare to Publish, this is something that we spend a good bit of time talking about because there's a big difference if you're going to self-publish or traditionally publish about what comes next, what comes after the idea. Now, either way, at Find Your Voice, we always recommend that authors create an outline, an outline of your idea so that you've got a roadmap for your book. When you sit down to write, you're not confused about what you're doing next. I find having a strong outline reduces the amount of time it takes to write a book. It increases your enjoyment of writing the book, and it also improves the finished product. You're always much happier with what you have at the end if you went in with the plan, even if your plan changed in the process. So we always start by coaching authors to create a strong outline, but in a self-publishing process, your outline is pretty much all you need in order to jump into writing the manuscript. Whereas in the traditional publishing process, you need an entire other document called a book proposal document. So you move from idea to outline in both processes, but in the traditional publishing process, you create a book proposal document, which is basically like a sales pitch or a business plan for your book. And it includes, you know, back cover copy and a bio of the author maybe some photos, some marketing details, a list of influencers who you think might be willing to promote the book. It includes chapter titles and summaries. It includes some sample writing. Usually these documents are about 30 to 40 pages in length, and they can take some significant effort to put together. Our Prepare to Publish program teaches you to put together a book proposal document, and that program takes 90 days. I find 90 days is about the shortest amount of time that it can take to put together this document. So it's a significant amount of energy and effort put into a document that if you're self-publishing, you don't need. If you're traditionally publishing, it is your golden ticket to find an agent, find a publisher, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So in the self-publishing contract, you go from idea to outline directly to manuscript. You get to skip over that book proposal document. And then after you have your manuscript fully written, then you move to editing. And let me talk about editing. I want to pause and talk about editing for a minute because editing typically happens in three stages. And to be fair, this three-stage editing process is going to happen whether you're traditionally publishing or self-publishing. It's the same type of process. Although when you're self-publishing, you have much more control over how the editing works. You hire your own editor. You're in control. You're in the driver's seat of the editing process. So you could short circuit this if you wanted to, speed it up. You could you know, limit this to two stages, but typically editing happens first at a developmental level, meaning an editor is looking at your manuscript for structural changes. They're wanting to know like, are the chapters in the right order? Are there chapters that need more development? Do they need more storytelling? Do we need a greater introduction to a certain character? Are there parts of the storyline that are confusing? Does the reader get lost? So all of these big questions, sort of 30,000 foot view questions that you're asking yourself as a reader when you read through a book or a manuscript, that's what an editor is asking at the developmental stage. And then second stage is what I call line editing. And line editing for me is more about turn of phrase. It's about you know how well do the sentences flow together it's about word choice. It's about, you know, maybe like opening and closing sentences of a chapter. Are they really grabbing a reader's attention? Could they be stronger? Can we 
layer in some narrator voice or some questions for the reader that are more gripping than what we have here. It's a little bit more granular than the developmental stage. And then the final stage is the copy editing stage. And this is where we really perfect a manuscript. So this is where you'll make spelling changes, grammar changes, you'll check quotes for their accuracy, you will make any final adjustments to the manuscript that you would need in order for it to be a clean manuscript ready for publication. After the editing stage, you move in self-publishing directly to cover design and interior layout. So this is exactly what it sounds like. It is designing the cover of your book and then making the text of your book look like a book. So it has to be, you know, on two pages opposite of one another. Those pages will have page numbers. The beginning of chapters will have chapter titles. You'll have subheadings in the middle of the chapter and all of that needs to be laid out by a designer. And then after the interior layout, you can move directly to publication. In fact, with some of the self-publishing tools available to us today, like Create Space through Amazon, for example, you can upload your book to Amazon and it can be available for sale within a matter of hours. So really amazing that we have these tools available to us where in self-publishing, you could go from idea to publication in a matter of a couple of months. I mean, it's really up to you You can do this in three months, you could do it in six months, you could plan it out in a year, it could be 18 months, depending on how much time you have to commit to the process. Now, I want to lay that next to traditional publishing, where, like I said, you start with the same thing, you start with an idea for a book. Instead of writing the manuscript directly, you create a book proposal document, which can take a couple of months. Once you have a book proposal document, this is your document that you use to pitch to agents so that you can find an agent who can represent you. They're the in-between between you and the publisher. Then the agent uses your book proposal document to pitch to a publisher. Once you find a publisher who wants to work with you, then the publisher writes you a contract. You do contract negotiations. During those contract negotiations, you may make several edits to the contract, but eventually you land on contract details that feel favorable to you. Now, I just want to point out that at this stage in the process, you haven't even gotten to writing your manuscript yet. So you sign this contract with your publisher, you agree on what's called an advance on royalties. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. But at that point, months have passed and you haven't even begun writing your manuscript yet. So it's clear that one of the great benefits of self-publishing is the timeline, that you can move much more quickly. You have more autonomy and control over the timeline than you would if you were traditionally publishing. I want to talk about advance on royalties for a minute because this is a big piece of the traditional publishing process and something that you need to know about before you traditionally publish if that's what you plan to do. An advance on royalties is an amount that the publisher commits to you ahead of time that is exactly what it sounds like. It is an advance on your royalties. So essentially, the publisher is going to write you a check so that you can have some time and space in your schedule to get the book actually written. And this amount, the amount of the advance on royalties really depends on how the publisher sees the book selling. So if they see the book selling a million copies, they're going to do some quick math in their head and they're going to write you a check that is in correspondence with how much money they think they'll make on the book. If they see your book selling 5,000 copies, obviously your advance on royalties is going to be a little bit different than someone who they think is going to sell a million copies. If they aren't sure, 
because they're a business, they're going to trend on the lower side of the advance on royalties. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't be able to make additional royalties on top of your advance. It just means that you may not get as big of a check on the front end as you would if you were an author who had proven yourself by selling a book before, or if you have a big platform. So you and the publisher together in your contract will agree on the amount of the advance on royalties. And usually that amount is split between a couple of checks. I've had this work a few different ways in publishing contracts that I've been a part of, but usually it's split into two or three. So you get the first part of the check. When you sign the contract, you get the second part of the check when the book is published, something like that. And now once all of those contract details are worked out, and once you've agreed on your advance on royalties, now as an author, you get to move on to the actual writing process. The biggest difference in traditional publishing between the manuscript writing process and self-publishing is that in traditional publishing, you're going to have a due date for your manuscript. So some people that works really well for them. In fact, sometimes when I work with someone who's self-publishing, they say, can you just give me an arbitrary deadline? Because I work great with deadlines and I resonate with that. I'm the same. I work good with deadlines. So I understand if you are working with a traditional publisher, they give you a deadline. Sometimes that's three months from contract signing date. Sometimes it's six months. Sometimes it's a year. It really depends on what their planned publication date is, but you'll get a due date for your manuscript. And then you have a allotted amount of time that you can commit to actually writing the book itself. Now, from there moving forward, the process is pretty similar to self-publishing. You're going to go away and write your manuscript. You'll come back. The publisher is going to provide an editor for you rather than you having to find your own editor. You're going to move through those same three stages of editing that I talked about, where you'll do a developmental edit, you'll do a line edit, you'll do a copy edit. And then usually sometime during that editing process, your publisher will walk you through this, but usually sometime in there, you move into cover design and the publisher may pitch several ideas to you. They'll ask you which ones you like the best. They'll ask you if you have any edits on them. And then together as a group, you'll decide on a cover design. The biggest difference here between cover design, if you're self-publishing versus traditionally publishing, is there are just are a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And I've worked with a lot of authors over the years, and I've been in several traditional publishing contracts myself. And one thing that I've seen to always be true is because there are a lot of opinions and a lot of cooks in the kitchen, the cover design process can be a little bit frustrating and tense. Now, I've never seen it come to a place where the publisher and the author didn't agree on a cover, that that everybody seems to like, but sometimes that process can be a little tense because if you as an author have a strong opinion about what you want your cover to look like and the publisher has a different opinion, and especially if the sales team has a different opinion, sometimes there can be quite the back and forth to land on something that's agreeable to everybody. But once your cover design is done, then your sales process begins and you'll meet with your marketing team. And again, you'll notice is one of the differences of working with a traditional publisher versus self-publishing is that you do have a team of people who come behind you who are going to help you with your marketing process. Now, one of the big things I want to say is a huge myth of the traditional publishing process is that a traditional publisher is going to provide you with an audience. This is just simply not true. They're not providing you with an audience. You're bringing your audience to the traditional publisher. It's part of what you're getting paid for. But a traditional publisher does help you with the marketing process. And different publishers will approach this differently. 
And depending on the publisher you're working with and depending on the team you get, I mean, sometimes this can be kind of the luck of the draw. You may get a really gifted marketing team that has some incredible ideas that unlock the marketing process for your book and make a huge difference in sales numbers. And you may get a marketing team that doesn't know enough about your audience or isn't clear enough about the particular topic of your book to help you come up with an idea that's going to make that big of a difference. I've seen it go both ways. And again, it's a little bit of the luck of the draw, but at least as a new author, you're not in the process all by yourself trying to figure out how to market a book for the very first time. You've got a group of people who have done this before who are supporting you and helping you. And then of course you move to publication. So the timeline is the biggest thing I want you to notice here. I want you to see that the difference between a self-publishing timeline where it's totally up to you is in fair contrast to the traditional publishing process where you've got from idea to book publication, a two to three year minimum. And I do, I mean minimum because that the first part of the process of just developing the idea, the book proposal document, finding your agent, pitching to a publisher, that process itself can take six to 12 months. And then once you have signed a contract with a publisher, you know, then you have to write the manuscript, edit, go through the cover design and interior layout. Same thing that you would have done if you self-published and it can just take a long time. So that's the biggest difference I see between the two. And then the other thing that keeps people from self-publishing, I think, other than the stigma that self-publishing is kind of this B-level option is just simply not knowing what to do next, which is a fair complaint. I mean, if it's the first time you've done something and you feel like you're flying blind, then, I mean, it's like driving a car with a blindfold on. It's your first time driving. You're just like, I don't know how comfortable I feel moving forward with this when I have no idea what's coming. So it's a fair concern. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit. But before I get to that part, I want to talk about what happens with the book after publication and specifically the difference between self-publishing and traditionally publishing. Now I mentioned this briefly, but with self-publishing, the marketing of the book is your responsibility. So if you want PR, you're going to have to hire it yourself. If you want marketing coaching, you're going to have to hire that yourself. If you want to pay for Facebook ads, you pay for that yourself. Everything that you do to market your book comes out of your own pocket. So that can be a decent expense depending on what you do decide to do to market your book. With traditional publishing, you have some financial help from the publisher and you also have just practical support from the publisher helping you come up with a marketing plan. However, again, I want to emphasize and re-emphasize that it's a myth that a publisher is going to provide an audience for you. I have authors say to me all the time, I'd rather traditionally publish because I know I'm going to sell more books that way. And that's just not totally true. What can make that true is if you don't have the money to invest in the marketing and a traditional publisher does, then you have to spend money to make money. It's it's a cliche for a reason. So if you spend 20 grand on marketing versus zero on marketing, you're probably going to sell more books. But at the end of the day, it's your audience. It's you're the one who's doing the legwork to sell the book. It's you on podcast interviews. It's you on media interviews. It's you that's getting on Instagram and talking about the book. It's you that's pushing it. It's you that's going on book tour if those become a thing again. It's you that's doing the signings. And so it's really on you as the author at the end of the day, regardless of whether you're self-publishing or traditionally publishing. Obviously, another big difference between self-publishing and traditional publishing is that if you self-publish your book, you're going to keep 100% of your profits. 
That means if you're buying books for, let's say, $4 a book, and then you're selling them for $15 a book, you're making $11 on every book, and you get to put that $11 in your pocket. So when you think about how most book contracts are written with traditional publishers, so the author keeps maybe 10 or 15% of royalties, you're going to recoup whatever you've spent on marketing and getting the book into the world much more quickly than you would recoup if you were working with a traditional publisher. Now, when you're working with a traditional publisher, a lot of new authors don't know this, but you do have to do what they call buy out your advance on royalties before you start getting new royalty checks. Meaning, let's just say the publisher wrote you a check for $5,000 to write your book. That's your advance on royalties. Now, using your royalty rate, let's say that's 15% on each book, you have to make up that $5,000 before you begin receiving royalty payouts from the publisher. So as soon as your 15% buys out that 5,000 and you exceed the 5,000, then you begin receiving royalty checks from the publisher. A lot of times new authors don't know that. They don't realize that that advance on royalties, that's why it's called that because it truly is an advance on your royalty payments. Now, With self-publishing, one of the drawbacks I would say to self-publishing comes after publication, and that is that sometimes you can have trouble getting major media outlets to pay attention to you or to take you seriously because you're quote unquote self-published. But you know, at the end of the day, you're free to hire your own publicity or to book a podcast tour on your own using your own connections or to hire a marketing expert to help create like a sales funnel, a sales campaign to sell to your email list or however you want to do it to sell your book, you're free to hire whoever you want and create your own plan there. But sometimes when it comes to major media outlets, like any kind of television or let's say the the LA Times, for example, sometimes more major media outlets will have a little bit of hesitation about featuring an author who is self-published. Whereas if you're working with a publisher, you're usually assigned a PR representative from the publisher to book media appearances for you. And depending on the caliber of the publisher and the caliber of the PR person who's assigned to you, these media appearances could vary anything from small podcast interviews that you might book yourself to major television networks. So you do have that engine behind you when you work with a traditional publisher. They oftentimes can find connections with more major media outlets and find more opportunities for you than you might be able to find yourself. But again, if you're self-publishing, you can also hire a PR person. So it's not like you're totally out there on your own. Another thing that happens after the publication process, if you self-published is you retain 100% creative and financial control of your book. So you can do whatever you want to sell more copies. You can plan flash sales, you could do giveaways, you could do collabs with other influencers, you could create ancillary products to help promote the book. And if you're working with a traditional publisher, you just don't have this kind of control over the marketing process. So what you'll need to do is get permission before doing anything like dropping the price of a book or giving it away for free or making trades. And publishers, I would say most of the time are favorable to these kinds of deals, but sometimes they're not. And I have seen this get in the way of an author doing what they wanted to do before. And so I feel like it's worth pointing out. But at the end of the day, I'm imagining you're still wondering, so should I self-publish or traditionally publish? And this 
I would say it 100% depends on your goals as an author. This is always what I ask an author to distinguish before I answer this question for them or help them answer this question for themselves. I ask them what they're trying to do because if you have a goal to hit the New York Times bestsellers list and create a long career as an author, then you might be willing to wait a little bit longer to publish your first book, go through a longer process, and be a little more patient with the process as you work toward achieving that goal. And a traditional publishing process might serve you better as you work to meet that goal versus if your goal is to inspire a handful of people from your church. Not only do you not need to wait for all of those months to publish a book with a traditional publisher, you don't need to create a book proposal document, you don't need to give away 85% of your profits to a publisher. It's something that you could absolutely do on your own and might be better served to do on your own as well. Now, those two goals that I just mentioned might be super obvious. Might You might think, well, duh, of course, if I'm looking to inspire just a handful of people from my church, of course, I would self-publish. But let me give you an example of a couple of other goals that might not be quite so obvious. And I'll tell you, if you told me this was your goal, this is what I would tell you to do. If your goal is to capture leads for your current product or company, for example, and grow your business, I might recommend that you self-publish versus traditionally publish. Not always, but this is a case where if you want to have total control over how you market and sell your book, if you want to be able to use it as a lead magnet, potentially give it away for free, if you want to take it to speaking engagements with you and sell it in the back of the room for 15 or 20 bucks after you speak so that people can do a deeper dive on what you're teaching, then you don't need a publisher backing you for that. And in fact, it could potentially be more profitable for you to work alone. And If you said to me that your goal is to become known as the expert in your industry around a particular topic, again, it's not as obvious there, but I might recommend that you take the time and space and work with a traditional publisher and be a little bit more patient with the process because a traditional publishing process takes longer, but over time it can help to establish credibility for you in a particular field. It can open up more doors or give you more opportunities to establish yourself as as an expert in your industry, for example. So it's not always that cut and dry. I gave you those two examples just to show you how sometimes it can be a little bit more convoluted, but hopefully that helps you understand why or how I would guide someone in a certain direction. And hopefully it gives you a little bit more insight about your own book and your own publishing process. The last thing I want to say before I wrap up is a lot of times people think that self-publishing is this B-level second option that I had to choose because I couldn't get a traditional publishing contract. And that's just simply not the case anymore in 2021. In fact, one thing that I'll often say to authors who are worried about the stigma that comes along with self-publishing is when was the last time you were in a bookstore and picked up a book and turned it over to the back to see who the publisher was. Unless you work in the publishing industry or unless you've published a book before, probably you've never done this. So most consumers don't know the difference between a self-published book and a traditionally published book. And I just wanted to say that as a reminder that, you know, you might have your own sort of like stigma that you're carrying around, but at the end of the day, most consumers don't notice or know the difference. They pick up a book that's interesting to them. They pick up a book that's well-written. They pick up a book that they want to read so they can learn the information that's inside of it. And ultimately, if you're writing a great book that really resonates with your reader, nobody is going to care at the end of the day, whether it's self-published or traditionally published. So focus on your goals, hone in on your goals, figure out what you're trying to achieve with your publishing process, 
and then use that as a way to steer you toward traditional or self-publishing. If you have a book you know you want to self-publish, but you don't have the first clue how to do that, you need to know about an organization called Book Launchers. What's so unique about Book Launchers is they can help you identify your publishing objectives and then help you achieve those objectives through content development, editing, publication, and even the marketing of the book. All those unknowns that felt so scary and confusing before, what do I do next? How am I going to get my book out in the world? Your personal book coach at Book Launchers is going to guide you every step of the way. In fact, you'll never wonder again if you're on the right path with your book, thanks to Book Launchers. To learn more about Book Launchers, go to booklaunchers.com or follow the link in the show notes and make sure to let them know Find Your Voice sent you. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.